Have you ever woken up and realized that you're awake? If so, you might be having a moderately mediocre Monday. <laughs> Welcome to the Moderately Mediocre Podcast, episode, oh shit. I uh, don't remember. 24? 24? Something like that. We're in the, we're in the 20s somewhere. So, hey. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep, we yeah, are. I think it is episode 24. Anyway, I am, as always, one of your hosts, Richard, with... TJ. I'm here. I'm here too. We are We are both here. We are literally in person as well, so this is like, um, a, a, what, what am I trying to say? I have absolutely... A sign of the times. A sign of the times. I had Harry Styles in my mind, and I'm sorry that you couldn't telepathically, like, get that. Um, It's all right. See, that was us, in person, physical. That's coffee. Hello, if you're watching the video, you can... Hi. See our shining faces. Shining from sweat. You're warm? Are you too warm? No, actually, I'm quite good. Um, In exciting news, which we, we teased a little bit... We got our stickers. We got our stickers. They're really, really nice. They turned out way better than we were expecting. Yeah, I'm super excited about them. Uh, Tiffany did some real good design work, so let's give a round of applause to her this time. Uh, uh, Here we we go. Good job. Wow, I'm pretty sure the mic did not even pick that up. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to clap too loudly. But uh, yeah, we're not entirely sure what we're going to do with the stickers yet, but we're probably going to... Pass some around to some some. Yeah, if you folk. wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna buy them, <laughs> you can just yeah. DM us. Yeah, yeah, we uh, are also talking a little bit more about merch, so we're slightly, yeah, yeah, we're we're we got some things in the box for our our dear friends, the listeners. Actually, speaking of the listeners, um, I just wanted to do a huge shout out. I posted, you know, the Spotify Wrapped things came out this week or last week, and um. Our moderately mediocre podcast ended up having 28 episodes. That's including the minis and stuff as well. Uh, 1,000 point... No, sorry. I'm terrible one, with speaking today. Just one point. 1. 1.2 thousand K? 1,200. 1,200. You can just say 1.2 K. It's all right. Minutes. We've done, we've, you've listened to me rambling, <laughs> not pronouncing things right <laughs> for 1200 minutes. So congratulations. That deserves a fucking gold sticker. I mean, the stickers aren't gold, but it deserves at least a sticker. I'd take a sticker. I'd take a sticker. And we've been listened to over three countries. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. That is exciting. And a shout Actually, out. Actually, I think it's more than that. I don't know why it only says three. That's for An- just Spotify. Anchor. Oh, just Spotify. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So it could be more with iTunes or iPod, what Apple Podcasts, whatever, it whatever is. it is. It's something like that. And Chromecasts, but um, it says that our listeners' personality was the devotee. So it says when your fans love a podcast, they really love it. They're quick to support new releases and play their favorite episodes over and over. So I just thought that was so cute. I was like, yeah, yeah you are. Yeah. So excited. And, like I've been, I've been getting a lot of good feedback from people about the podcast. Mm. So uh, you know, we we love to hear it because we're we're 
We literally do this. Well, we do this for you, and we do this for our creative outlet. But we mostly do it for you. Well, yeah. well, a little bit of both. Yeah. This 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 week is for you. Yeah. You at home, specifically you. Yes. Look in the mirror, you beautiful beast. Congratulations. You've done well today. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, we just wanted to make sure that you knew that you were supported. And we hopefully think that this community is going to just grow from here on out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we've, we've got lots of things coming. Uh, we're we're going to keep the talk on that short at the moment because we don't even know exactly ourselves. What are you doing? I'm swaying back and forth. Swaying to the music. Um, In my head, that exists. So yeah, now that we've been rambling, uh, how you doing? How am I doing? How are you doing? Um, how deep do you want to get in here? Oh, we we going all in. So, okay, I've been great. I've been tracking my menstrual cycle. <laughs> so, great, actually. Yeah, no. Well, it, it, my therapist is a phenomenal person, and she basically suggested that I start journaling to um, essentially collect data on myself. I think I've already told you this, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if I, I actually went into it on the podcast. So I don't like to do habits. Well, I, I do. I like a routine, but I don't really stick to like the journaling thing. And so she told me to frame it as a literal data collection on my own self. And so that is my motivation. because You're wild. I'm, That's a wild motivation. I'm baby. neurotic. Hey, I love it if it works. And, um, you just can't stop doing work. I know. It's stupid. But realistically, it's been going well. The past two days, I've actually missed because of a work party that we had out on Friday. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give myself grace. Like, I, I remember all of the answers to the questions that I'm giving myself so that I'm going to just fill them out later on today. And then last night, I was absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> Down and out, couldn't function. I was very um, deflated, we'll say. Hungover. Yes, but also de- <laughs> like just because like it's peak luteal phase, and hmm. what what that kind of translates to anybody who hasn't listened to like the previous episode where I was talking about it was that it's a buttload of progesterone entering my system at the same time as there's some estrogen, and so it just decreases the efficacy of my ADHD meds, therefore decreases the productivity that I feel and my self-worth is so strongly attached to. So therefore we have a lot of shit going on at once and overwhelm and stimulation to the max, and I just shut down. So that plus alcohol plus a lot of overstimulation from like socializing and activities mm. and stuff made for a very exhausted Tiffany yesterday. It sounds like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we're good. We're good today. I showered and um, we're here. We're here. We're really out here. So, yeah, I'm not going to ramble much more on my menstrual cycle. Sorry <laughs> for people who are like, oh my God, again, really? You're talking about it again? It's a big deal. I just like understanding myself way better biologically so that I can be like, I'm not crazy. I'm just fucked up. That's fair. <laughs> Me too. Not for that. But no. But... I'm just fucked up in general. Anyways, um, how are you? Good, good. Uh, December is always a really, really weird time of month just because like the second it hits, I feel like I am just nonstop busy mm-hmm. with things like work there's always work parties and like everyone wants to get together and you got to start doing like Christmas stuff. I hate christmas shopping yeah which is why i really like online because you can just 
Done. I, I hate going <laughs> yeah. to the grocery stores because every grocery stores, the like <laughs> malls and stuff, because everyone's so pushy and mean very and pushy. Like, yeah. Oh, it's just it's not not a good time for anyone working in like customer service during this time. Shout outs to you. You the you the real the real G. It's yeah. Tough this time of year. It was um, October. It was October twentieth. I was at Marshalls and people were starting to take down the Halloween stuff so there mm. it wasn't even halloween yet and they were starting to put up christmas stuff and i looked at the associate and i was like are it, you serious it's too early but then again it's marshall's and that's kind of their thing yeah well I, I was kind of thinking about it a little bit and i was like there's a reason why they try to make so much money ahead of the season mm. because i guess you know people are so materialistic they want to get ahead of the game at the same time what happens after Christmas? You get a buttload of returns. You get so many people yep. coming in and asking for like, um, well, I don't that's, know, that's money a, back that's deals a and stuff. Boxing Day is for yeah, right? Yeah. Well, there's yeah, there's Boxing Day and there's Boxing Day sales. So like, there's literally capitalists like sprinkled into everything. Welcome to America. I know we're in Canada, but same thing. North America. Still, North America. I mean, Westernized society is absolutely centralized around the money making man's and and literally man. Yeah, it's true. So it's just annoying. So I, I understand. Me too. It just sucks that you also are part of like the service industry. And so yeah. you actually have to like bear the brunt of this as well. Yeah. My, mine's a little easier just because drinks and stuff. Yeah, yeah but yeah, still, it's, still it's, a lot, but you still have to be turned on. It's true. It's tough to turn me on. <laughs> oh my God. Weird. Um, <laughs> in sad news, had to say goodbye to a very dear little four-legged friend of mine. Um, yeah. This whole episode will be just dedicated to him. Yeah, very sad. It's very sad. Anyway, uh, we love we love him. Yeah, we support his mama and his papa and his brother, sister, sister. I never, I couldn't, I couldn't remember if it was it's two okay. boys or not. Uh, but what what all y'all are really here for? Oh dear friends and listeners, part two of the long awaited, the long awaited <laughs> research project. Yeah. Give a little synopsis of what was. Oh yeah, just so in case if somebody... yeah, so if you haven't listened to the previous episode, uh, I believe it is called Richard's Toxic Trait is Research. <laughs> yep. I I dove into a big research project on the last name Eastwood and where the first iteration of it came from, uh, and like did some some real deep dive history. In the last episode, I ended off uh, waiting for some documents to get to me. Got the documents, and we pick up the trail from there. Are you ready? Buckle up, bitches. Buckle up, bitches, because we going in. <clears throat> ready? Ready. All right. And just like that, we back at it again. So once again, very big thank you to my best friend Alex for helping me access A History of the Eastwood Family in Ireland, 1600 to 1850. Uh, so as we discussed in my first part one, I decided to dive back through the family history to see just how far back the records can take me in my search for the name Eastwood. First and foremost, I was upset because my own family roots, at least dating back to 1700, as stated by my own family tree, has no roots in Ireland. Boo. But that didn't dissuade me. The journal immediately gave me some incredibly helpful info and had great footnote references. So shout out to Reverend David M. Eastwood for putting together a genealogical and heraldic dictionary uh, of... Wait. No, sorry. Shout out to Reverend David M. Eastwood for putting this together. You, sir, 
are the real cheese. Ah, yes. Uh, according to information from a genealogical and heraldic dictionary of the landed gentry of Great Britain and Ireland by B. Burke, uh, it states that the Eastwood family originally came from Nottinghamshire, England, okay. as we discussed yep. last time, uh, which does add up with my preliminary research as well. Additionally, this uh, particular Eastwood family had something in common with me. That is being the only male member of the family <laughs> left to carry on the bloodline. Oh, no. Um, so it's believed that twice in this family's 200-year lineage... Uh, from about 1650 to 1850, the bloodline was brought down to only one member. And, like, I know, I know it's a little, like, yeah. you know, patriarchal to be like, oh, the bloodline's down to one male. <laughs> yeah. You know, I do I do have a sister, and obviously she can carry on the bloodline and all that stuff, yeah. too. So, yeah. And has. She has a daughter. Anyway, uh, bloodlines aside, a small note found in an 1883 article of The Irish Builder uh, gave me a new topic to do a quick dive into. The article stated that the Eastwood family were supposed to be sprung from a family of Eastwoods of Hayton Knots, which, while still in Nottinghamshire, has no direct link to the actual family of Irish Eastwoods, as no records of farmers from Hayton uh, bearing the name Eastwood could be linked through. Uh, that may simply be due to a, sorry for the page flipping. Uh, <laughs> that may simply be due to a lack of records. However, here is where things became incredibly exciting for me. There was a description of a coat of arms. So last time, last time we were getting into the coat of arms and I found an obscure reference to one. Mm -hmm. So for this supposed family, so holy shit, if that ends up matching the description that I dug up, I will have found a missing link that until now has been not unfound. Yeah. So not like a huge, huge discovery, but you know, could, could, could be big. Something. Yeah. Yep. So what I discovered of this coat of arms was that it was a combination of family marshal family Bruise, B-R-U-S-E, family Hawk, family Brown, and family Mustin. Back to the lands of heraldry we go. Uh, if you don't remember heraldry, it's, it's like that book. coat of arms and stuff. You had a book though, right? Oh yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. a huge book on heraldry. heraldry. So I, I, used, I used quite a few different references for this stuff. So now I have five other family crests that I need to cross-reference. Thankfully, at this point, my shipment of the Illustrated Book of Heraldry <laughs> and its contemporary uses had come in. That, in addition to my Book of Anglo-Saxon Coat of Arms. Oh my god. I may be able to do something. However, at this incredibly exciting moment, I had to go to work, so I was all like... Hopped up. I was all hopped up and I was like, god damn it, now I gotta go. Uh, so once I finished work, I once again found myself in a rabbit hole. The Bruise family showed up minimal results, which is actually exactly what I wanted to find, because okay, it means I don't have a ton to look for. Um, yeah, as all spellings were modernized, basically, to Bruce, B-R-U-C-E, instead of S-E. Mm, right. Uh, so I needed to find the point of origin of the Bruise family, as it was likely another name change. Right, and then that will lead to... A lot of obstacles. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. The name change thing, man. Oh my god, it's just like, it It plagued me yeah. so often in this. So thankfully the name Bruce was fairly easy to find info on, as I once again dove into the Doomsday Survey. <laughs> uh, which, if you don't remember last time, it was... Probably uh, like my favorite name for a survey. 10, no, 1100s uh, survey from William the Conqueror himself. King of England, uh, he was just trying to find all of the people in England, basically, that owed him stuff. Yep. So, um, you owe me money. You owe me money. You owe me money. Exactly. So it uh, 
showed that the family originated in Yorkshire, which is perfect, because again, that's very close by. Quick Google and cross-reference led me to a coat of arms with a blue lion, passant gardant. Holy moly. Can't get too excited yet. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally one of the most common creatures right. in heraldry. Hell, our own, uh, like, the New Brunswick flag actually has, has one, yeah. 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 So, so can't get too excited. So, next family. Going into family, Marshall. Thankfully, another very easy name to track down, as I learned that Marshall meant blacksmith in Old English and French. Oh, fun. Great. Well, maybe not as great. Oh, no. This was an incredibly common name in medieval times. So, I did find reference in the Doomsday Book, again, to a family Marshall, or more specifically, Marshall, so M-A-R-E-S-C-H-A-L, which is French, so not quite what I was looking for. Uh, and as I don't want to dive a second surname origin, I kept searching just, you know, kind of mm-hmm. kind of lightly. Uh, however, I kept coming back to the same name, Mariscal, which according to the Domesday survey, was a French family that came to England during the Norman Conquest of 1066, which is actually very helpful uh, as they had a fairly concise and, like, well-documented history. Okay. It seemed to be the only name that I was able to find uh, that did. And what's more... They had family roots in Nottinghamshire. Okay. So, like, we're, we're yeah, right there. there. So this probably was the actual family. Um, uh, and I found their coat of arms as well. So I dug into another giant book of family crests, and theirs was a man in armor, PPR, holding his dexter hand, a truncheon, or, over his armor, a sash. So a truncheon is just like a big old beating stick basically (laughs) um not super helpful because it doesn't actually match anything in the other one aside from the fact that there could be like a sash uh but it did match images so this probably was the actual family marshal that they were talking about right so this time the book i had been waiting for uh Fair Baron's book of the crests of families of great britain and ireland had become available once again this is the one i needed from the library. library yeah yep uh, and there on page 180 was once again the same description of the crest of Eastwood. However, to my amazement and dismay, there were 19 other Eastwood families. Oh, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> which meant that I just got saddled with a ton more work. Okay, just gonna, just gonna stick with what I'm doing, though. Yeah. So, where exactly do I go at this point? Do I keep cross-resting vague... Wow, cross-referencing <laughs> vague heraldry crests that might be related to a family of Eastwoods. <laughs> or do I say fuck it and just deep dive my own family? Mm-hmm. I think that for my own sanity and simply to be able to follow a single path, I shall have to deep dive my own family. However, for that, I need to once again collect documents, specifically my family tree, which currently sits at my father's house about an hour away, and I don't have a car. Plus, there are about 300 pages of documentation that go along oh with this. Oh my god! But it's a start. Right. Right? Right. Okay. Right? Now, I, I felt like I've wasted about 40 hours doing research on this other family. I spent so much time. Right. And I just kept on coming to... It's, it was the opposite of dead ends. It was just like crazy split paths. Right. So at the very least, I want to uncover what this crest looks like. Now more for my own... Sanity? Sanity than yeah. anything. 
to, to at least like tie up some something like exactly. an end somewhere. Exactly. So I'm already two families down and I have probably their original crests. So right. we're doing good. We're good. Uh, so on to family Hawk and this is H-A-W-K-E, third family. Uh, this one seemed even more difficult than last. I did find a, uh, a Baron Hawk circa 1706, which was way too late. Uh, and he had a cool hawk-themed crest, right. go and figure. Yeah. Uh, but that was about 600 years too late for what I was looking for. So at this point, I was beginning to lose hope. Especially <laughs> the most early mentions of hawk were both a different spelling and were located in Hampshire, which is down like in the southernmost portion of England. Right. So, uh, great. Great. <laughs> so I took the plot thickens. The plot the plot literally thickens. So Gelatinous you know, <laughs> I was like, you know what? Maybe Family Brown will be a little bit easier, and then I'll come back to Hawk. Only to realize, Hawk. Uh, sorry, Brown is literally one of the most common names in Old English. Oh no! This was incredibly disheartening. There were like. So 600 different families that popped up. Oh, no. So, put down my pen, closed my books, closed my tabs, and decided to look into something else for the rest of this episode. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, not, we're not finishing that one at the moment. I will come back to it, but I was just like, I was so fired up. Yeah. And then so disappointed. So instead, I decided to look into what else? What else? I wanted, you know, I felt like I wanted something to just come out and take me out. Rods of God. Rods of God. Rods of God. Have you ever heard of this? Like a like a lightning bolt. So this is specifically orbital kinetic bombardment. I'm sorry. Which I'll read you a little description of straight out of Wikipedia. Kinetic bombardment, or a kinetic orbital strike, is the hypothetical act of attacking a planetary surface with an inert kinetic projectile from orbit, where the destructive power comes from the kinetic energy of the projectile impacting at very high speeds. This concept originated during the Cold War. So, are you ready for this one? I... I just took you for a giant 180, didn't I? Yeah, I'm... I... <laughs> I don't think you could have Tokyo drifted, fa- like more in a literary sense. Well, I wanted, you know, I wanted, <laughs> I, I wanted like, <laughs> like in my brain was literally like, <laughs> <laughs> so you can smell the fumes. Okay, <laughs> I I got here, I got to this point mm-hmm. by being like, holy shit, I feel like my brain just exploded. Yep, and then I was like, huh, EMPs electromagnetic pulses mm-hmm. giant you, you know what those are mm-hmm. yeah they take out electronics and i was like i wonder what would happen if one of those like would that fuck up the brain because the brain is all wired up with electricity and stuff mm-hmm. like that and then i was like what other neat weapons are there and then i found the rods of god so picture this you ready ready i or- think orbiting around the planet mm-hmm. we've got a big satellite there's yeah okay we've got tons of those okay this is, this is hypothetical. It doesn't actually exist. Oh, okay. Supposedly. Okay. So, on this satellite, there is a chamber of about 20 telephone pole-sized tungsten missiles, we'll call them. Now, these missiles don't have a payload, so they don't have explosives or anything like that. It's literally just this giant tungsten rod. Um, 
And what this satellite can do is, as kinetic orbital bombardment states, it would launch off one of these... Pillar things? Pillars, basically, uh, at a designated target. It would have a little, like, steering thing on it, basically. They would pick a target. They would launch this giant thing. And I'm going to get... Because I I don't want to make the... uh, um, um, yes. So it would launch from space, this giant tungsten telephone pole. It would go at Mach 10, which is 8,000 meters per second. I'm, I just, I'm looking at him with a blankest face. I'm just so, okay, yes, keep going. Yep. So we're breaking into a, like, breaking through the... Sound barrier. By... Far. Yeah. But then we, we get into... Uh, what the hell is it called? Why am I... I don't know. Orbit. It gets into orbit. Like Earth's orbit? Or yeah, just yeah, a yeah. planet's yeah. orbit? Okay. And it does lower itself down to Mach 5, which is much slower, but still incredibly fast. That is... Uh, that's 8 kilometers a second. And it would lower itself down to about 3,000... Well, three kilometers a second when it gets into Earth's gravity and stuff. Okay. So, still insanely fast. Mm-hmm. So, as the rod re-enters Earth's atmosphere, it would lose most of the velocity, but the remaining energy would cause considerable damage. Some systems are quoted as having the yield of a small tactical nuclear bomb. Jesus Christ. So, literally just from gravity, there's no explosives or anything on this, but it's pulling itself down <laughs> at Mach 5, crashing into the Earth... And it would have the yield of about 11 tons of TNT. And this is hypothetical? This is hypothetical. Who, thought, who, who hypothought of this? Well, it came up by a fictional writer in the 1960s named Jerry Pornell, who actually worked for NASA before this. Oh my heavens, for, this is terrifying. Yeah, or at least, like, did he work for NASA? Anyway... <laughs> He uh, he wrote a nonfiction book. Okay, with this in it? With this in it. Mm-hmm. And it was called the Thor system because it was supposed to be like, you know, lightning striking from above. Right. Uh, and then, go figure, the U.S. actually uh, implemented something of a like in real life. Oh, my God. During Vietnam. No. So, let's see. Sorry, I've got my references all over the place here. <laughs> that's terrifying yeah no it's absolutely horrifying and these things would be able to just drop from anywhere target you anywhere and hit you basically with a tracking system yeah to be able to to, to go wherever they like and like, like finer scale like, yeah and the advantage of this over say using a nuke or something like that is a nuke is incredibly easy to target in the air because it's so fucking big right so air defenses can blow it out of the sky this is literally just a tungsten rod moving at Mach 5 it has no heat signatures and anything. Oh, and the reason that it's tungsten is because tungsten has a burning point of 6,000 degrees, so it won't burn up in the atmosphere. Naturally. Naturally, of course. Right. Uh, so during the Korean and Vietnam Wars, there was limited use of the lazy dog bomb, a, cr- a kinetic projectile shaped like a conventional bomb, but only about 1.7 inches long, so 44 millimeters, and about half an inch in diameter, so 13 millimeters, 
A piece of sheet metal was folded to make the fins and welded to the rear of the projectile. <laughs> These were dumped from like super high altitude aircraft onto enemy troops and have basically the same effect as like a machine gun, but shooting downwards. Oh my god. So, yeah. It was kind of abandoned fairly quickly because it was very costly and hard to actually target proper right. places okay. with, but... Uh, yeah, Project Thor, like I was just saying, was an idea for a weapon system that launches telephone pole-sized kinetic projectiles made from tungsten from Earth's orbit to damage targets on the ground. Jerry Purnell created the concept while working in operations research at Boeing. Sorry, it wasn't NASA, it was Boeing. Uh, in the 1950s, before becoming a science fiction writer. In the 1980s, a similar idea was conceptualized as a potential part of the Strategic Defense Initiative. They're codenamed Brilliant Pebbles. And this would have been used primarily against the Russians in the Cold War. So, say somebody's hiding in a nuclear bunker, this would have so much velocity coming down from orbit that it would just punch straight through down to the bottom of the bunker with the yield of a small nuclear bomb. <laughs> Let me just sweep my job off the floor here. What the fuck? And that's the rods of God. Oh my God. Rods from God. Sorry. Rods from God. God's rod. God's rod. That's oh, God's God. rod, baby. Sweet Jesus. Yep. So, you know, we'll maybe get some more research later. This is kind of like, this is, this is off brand for you, but it's very on brand for me. If you yep. like go from one topic to like, oh, I wish I was... I wish I could be destroyed from orbit by a giant <laughs> tungsten telephone pole. <laughs> I wonder what that's called. <laughs> so yeah, that. Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay. Yep. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Are you okay? No. Okay. We can talk about it. <laughs> anyway, what have you brought for me today? I. Uh, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I can follow that. Holy I think. Shit. I think you have to. You, you need to bring you need to bring some cool back into the game. Some cool? Yeah, yeah. Some cool. Do you know what my topic is? I have no idea what your topic is. It's nothing to do with anything about that. Oh, I, okay. Before I get started, I just wanted to mention Luna just looked so offended. You just sat on her a little. Oh, sorry, buddy. I love you. She looks kind of like the blanket that I'm sitting on. So she does. Um, you're looking into Eastwood has inspired me to try and look into like my lineage as like my my grandfather's and my grandmother's families okay um and so i've kind of like dabbled with an ancestry right now and i don't really have anything to report and i doubt i'm gonna actually report anything on it but like i've <laughs> kind of thought it was funny because oh my jesus christ people pumped out kids like it was nothing else in the 17 1800s oh yeah well and that's because like five of them would just Die yeah, and had to yeah. have replacements. Well, and there was no birth control, <laughs> and really, that. and yeah, it was help. You literally had kids to help yeah. with the things you needed yeah. to do. Wild. Um, but a few of the names that I've uh, kind of meandered across, I guess, were really funny. There's a lot of Thomases in my family. Okay. There are um, Theophilus. Theophilus. Did I send you that message last? You did. You did. I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> when I went in, it was funny. I was like looking through these things, making connections. And then all of a sudden it came up on Ancestry being like, um, your great grandfather, um, William Theophilus, whoever, uh, died today. Like as like the day that I was looking at this on 
um, or no, died today, a hundred and six years ago. Oh wow! And I was like, and what I was like, remember him today? And I was like, I don't even know this man. Let's pour one out for for Papa Theophilus. Papa Theophilus. Um, I sent you the video, uh, uh, the quest for Tiffany or whatever, right? The yeah. Tale of yeah, Tiffany. Yeah. I like yeah. the old old version of Tiffany was Theophania. So. I know, I know. <laughs> it's funny because like that's like that takes part of the word that I actually want to call um, if we if I have a child with the, that is a boy. Theo or Fania? Theodore. Theodore. <laughs> you want to call your son Fania? Fania. Oi, Fania, get over here. Yeah, in that accent too. I'll just talk Welsh. Good. Um, I don't think that's Welsh. I don't know what it is. Oh, I don't know. Either way, the other one that I found was patience. Patience. Yeah, a girl named Patience. Wow. Um, a girl named, oh my God, Al- Alberta. Alberta. Mm-hmm. That's an unfortunate name. Yeah. Alberta. Alberta. Alberthia. Yeah, I Ugh. guess. Okay. And then I think there was another one that was really fun, but I can't remember what that one's uh, name. Oh, Alba. It was a guy named. Albus Dumbledore. No, it was it was like Alab. Alabaster. 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 Wow, or that's a color, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, Either way, it was. Alabaster. I was like, wow, these guys really got creative with their names. Yeah, and then we're out here is Richard and Tiffany. Tiffany. Yep. We've got creative names. I don't. <laughs> it's so funny when I ask my mom and dad the origin of my name because, like, you know, some people are like named after people that are important to them and whatever. Mm. And mom's like, I just like the name Tiffany. It's a nice name. And I'm like, well, it's a nice name until the 90s happened, and then everybody in their cheerleader and blonde and blue eyes, little bimbo bitch, would be named Tiffany, and then I'm like, okay, great. Do you have now, something you want to talk about? That Well, yeah, I have a little bit of hatred, because it's just like, that's not me. Okay. That's not me. It's <laughs> not me. It's not that's me, why I like damn. being called Tiff instead, or TJ, because like, you know, it's a little bit, a little bit more grounding, you that's know? That's fair. So, um, did you, did you do a, like, topic on this no my topic this, is this... not about this at okay, all. okay okay this is just some some yeah yeah i just wanted to to feed that in there okay i was i was like is that no it? i'm just saying that you inspired me my guy all right okay into it into it i did because it was on brand with our announcement today mm-hmm. the history of stickers oh interesting mm. give us the give us the goods so i actually couldn't find a lot it was kind of hmm. I think the first history, like, historical account, I guess, of a sticker or something like a sticker. So just to preface this, the definition that dictionary.com gives you of a sticker is something that is, like, with an (laughs) adhesive label, like, essentially a label. And so I kind of got to thinking, oh, my fuck, this is, like, bringing me back to, like, oh, things like asking you if different foods or soups or sandwiches or pizzas or no what was it a soup sandwich soup sandwich or a salad or salad and yeah soup salad or soup salad or sandwich maybe maybe it was something like that i forget now. i forget too but it, that's... I, I still think a hot dog is top is a taco <sighs> we're not gonna get into it i don't i don't want to fight you right now <laughs> okay <laughs> how can you fight me on that a hot dog is a taco? Yeah. A taco is not one of the options, but like a hot dog is just a taco. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry, Doug. Do your, do your sticker. I hate that. I hate that so much. Ooh, okay. Tell me about old stickers. Okay, so the first 
study, or not first study, the first account of a sticker was, of course, back to her fucking Egyptians. Like, I don't want to say fucking Egyptians like that. That's not what I meant. I meant, like, literally everything started with the Egyptians. And I'm seriously thinking that your theory about, like, the whole Mesopotamia thing, where, like, Egyptians were way more civilized than what we are, like, I'm starting to think it. I'm starting to believe it a little bit more. 6,000 years ago, my dude. They, yeah. were already, they were already speaking in emojis. Yeah, they were already way, <laughs> way more advanced than what we are. They had the aliens from Nibiru. Yeah. They <laughs> were there. In. Coming in to build up their system. Took them up onto the Ark, orbiting the Earth while the floods all happened. Mm-hmm. It's there in the books. Yeah. All you have to do... No, I'm kidding. Well, it's... They, yeah. Well, we remember we were talking about the fact that they'd, like, domesticated Tell cats Tell me about stickers. Stuff. Okay. Well... Archaeologists, I can't really say that. Archaeologists have go. found remains um, and shit of like papers that were plastered to walls of ancient markets. Interesting. With the prices of the goods. So, okay. like, that's. And we still do that today. We still do that. We still do that. Let, let's just, uh, just a real quick little thing that I always love to say. You know how we're always like, oh man, the ancient Romans and stuff. We are. The, the distance that, like, we are in years to the ancient Romans, so, like, 2,500 years, mm-hmm. is the same distance that they were to the ancient Egyptians. Oh. So, like, they were like, oh, man, look at these old-ass ancient Egyptians doing this stuff. And we're like, oh, man, look at these old-ass Romans doing this shit. Same gap. And we're doing the things. We're doing the things. We're still doing the things. Maybe in 2,500 years someone will do that to us. I'm sorry, I keep on interrupting. No, it's fine. This is the way my brain works. It's good. (laughs) Um, So basically that kind of led me to thinking, okay, well, what is kind of considered a sticker? And like in modern day stuff, you have labels, you have stamps, Mm. you have things that like... Go bump in the night. (laughs) Sure. But anything with the adhesive backing, I guess, is technically classified technically a as a sticker. Yeah. Um, so, I'll just read you this stuff. There was, like, obviously after, I don't really know what the, what, what the gap is between the ancient Egyptians and if the Romans actually used stickers and whatever else. Can't mm. really find anything like that. Mm-hmm. But there's some debate stating that... Um, between let me see hold on <laughs> in like the 1700s i think okay. there was like a lithographic process that was developed where um what's the, a lithograph it's i think like when you're kind of similar i guess to not screen printing but like when you take things okay litho kind of means um ground right i don't know i'm gonna look it up real quick and then graphic means like a thing like a design i think yeah so like, Anyways, it says um, Godfrey Engelman in 1837 was awarded a patent for the method of printing in color using lithography. Okay. And commercial uses for color advertising began to take off. So, like, using it for marketing purposes? Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna tell you what lithography is mm-hmm. real quick. Uh, is a planographic printmaking process in which a design is drawn onto a flat stone or prepared stone, metal yeah. plate, usually zinc or aluminum, and fixed by means of chemical reaction. Yeah, so it's okay, like, cool stamp it's really stamping yeah 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 on on a metal or a like on a yeah. stone yeah. thing like you said okay cool and then there's a kind of a little little bit of debate this is where i was talking about it was it the creation of stamps 
that is the first stickers or was it the creation of labels by our founder founding label father avery Hmm. um the uk introduces the first prepaid postage stamp which was actually created by sir roland hill and this one was called the one penny postal rate and this was in 1837 and suggested that the stamp actually had to like be put on with a glutinous wash a glutinous wash so it needed to be moistened before mm. putting it on, which we kind of still already do. Not necessarily with stamps, but we at least do it with envelopes. Yeah, give them give them stamps a lick. So are envelope stickers? I think that that's... <laughs> I think that's heinous. <laughs> <laughs> are that's envelopes a, tacos? Oh my god, yes they are. But, it, but it, like, it's the same kind of thing where it's like, is tape a sticker? Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think you have to have some sort of a graphic to be, to be a sticker. So I think a stamp would be a sticker. Unless we start selling stickers that is that are just clear. What if we just... That's so, so backwards. Shit. That's so funny. Like oh, why st- have you done this? I know. I'm sorry. It's okay. Anyways, that really upped the, uh, the ante for the Postal mm. Service and it started to bump up production. Um, then, of course, we have the introduction of advertising and products like fruit crates and stuff. Mm. Um, these were adhesives that were using, like, like uh, sorry, these are decals that were using adhesives um, to put on, like, soaps and cigar boxes and stuff. Oh, and yeah. that was, like, kind of the big thing. And then um, in the 1880s, fruit farmers caught on and they wanted to obviously put, you know, stickers on their crates that they were delivering to different places so that you can distinguish which fruit and where it came from. Um, And then we have the Ray Staunton Avery, which... Ray Staunton Avery. We still have Avery labels. That's still a thing. I don't know what an Avery label is. You go to Staples and most of the labeling products and stuff that are there are Avery. Interesting. There's a... um, yeah, it's just like a company name, but yeah, he's been around for a fuck, fuck long time. A whack fuck time. A whack fuck time. These are actually the first self-adhering pressure-sensitive labels, and they could be cut off to any shape and peel with a peel-off backing, so similar to what we have today. Yeah. Um, and then we have the introduction of a guy named Forrest Gill, a, a silkscreen printer, combined self-adhesive paper and day-glow ink to make the first bumper sticker. Damn. Yeah. Early bumper stickers faded quickly, and they kind of left a gross residue on <laughs> on the car. I mean, it sounds like it still does. I guess Gojo wasn't invented back then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so essentially, then he, so Gil worked, um, like, in nationwide advertising specialty stuff, and he went on to help create the first final stickers with adhesive backs in the early 1960s. Okay, so the 60s was the first, like, commercial adhesives with vinyl stickers yeah yeah Yeah. okay wow um other things of course like you know with trading cards and stuff that included stickers at that point there are these things called wacky packs or wacky packages wacky packs um these sounds really dirty yeah these cards were frequently parodies of north american consumer products and the (laughs) stickers that were released in 1967 and 1969 needed to be moistened to stick Okay. But then after the seven or after ni- 1973, uh, the stickers came with a peel-off backing. And, oh, okay. Uh, so this was funny. Garbage pail kids. Garbage pail kids. Yeah. So that. Oh, was, I think I know about those. It was a 1980s offshoot parody of. Can you guess what it is? 
If it's Garbage Pail Kids. Is it like Cabbage Patch yeah, Kids? Yeah, Cabbage Patch yeah. Kids. Garbage Pail Kids. There was a lawsuit filed after that. <laughs> <laughs> Most importantly, my favorite when it comes to stickers, Scratch and Sniffs. Scratch and Sniffs. They were born in 1965. Those really don't Dude. have any life anymore, do they? No, but they're right? amazing. Yeah. I um, them as a kid. They were created by a scientist with 3M. So 3M, you know, well-known. M&M. No. I don't know what 3M, 3M is. 3M is like, they make tapes, they they make adhesives, they make a whole bunch of stuff. Um, <laughs> it's so funny, like, this is what it feels like. I'm feeling what it's like to feel like you when I talk about like, ah, yes. movies and stuff. Yeah. This is my pop culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Organizational stationery. <laughs> Tape. I was the person at a Scholastic Book Fair that got a fuck ton of stickers, a fuck ton of pencils and envelopes and letters and i've never written one i've never sent one but i was a part of those like sticker chain mail things that we used to get in the mail like we used to get um random people would send me like sheets of stickers and it was oh like God. a thing where being it was like you it was before email yeah, yeah. so you could send this to nine friends or yeah you're die yeah it was seriously like that it was like <laughs> send this to nine friends or you're gonna get bad luck and you have to like add in your sticker sheets and then send that to nine friends weird Within the Postal Service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Um, so the scratch and sniffs were actually really cool because... Because <laughs> you could scratch them and you could sniff them. Yeah, but the, the method behind it is the the ink mm. that was used, you, like, it was, there was a method of micro-encapsulation that could be used to hold a smell. Huh. Within the ink. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in 19, or in the late 1970s, Creative Teaching Press produced Scratch and Stiff Snickers, 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 stickers, and marketed them to teachers. Okay. Because, like, I remember I mean, being yeah. in school and, like, getting, like, these Scratch and Sniffs being like, you did a perfect job. And it was, like, a pear-smelling. A perfect job. Yeah. It was really, I loved them. I love them so much. I hate that. Um, and then, of course, through the 1990s, we have the introduction of, like, specialty stickers for, like, pop culture stuff. So, like, mm. TV shows, movies, Beanie Babies, Pokemon, whatever have you, huh. right? Um, there were also some interesting, like, tactile sensory stickers. So, like, fuzzy. Oh, my God. I remember those. Yeah, like, yeah, velvet yeah, yeah, yeah. stickers. Yeah, I like, yeah. very well. The, there were stickers that were puffy. Yeah. So, they had, like, you could, like, you squish could them. Puff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, googly a... eyes and 3D. 3D? Like you could like, you put your glasses on and you can see oh, the difference. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then sticker scrapbooks, all like people collected them and yeah. whatever else. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of move into like the digital era. So like digital presses and being able to kind of like screen print different mm. things. And I'm not really going to get into that because it's not really stickers. Uh, yeah. But um, now you're kind of like into into like modern day stuff and i'm thinking you know how, what are the uh, like how, how we use stickers in everyday life obviously marketing is a big thing marketing is a huge one but do you remember a few years ago maybe there was like this big thing where like chiquita bananas has stickers on them and they're like are these stickers edible like on your food how, <laughs> do you remember that i don't remember that but i remember hearing something about it i remember like people, very recently i'm yeah i remember people being like oh like of course you can eat them they're on food they wouldn't be able to be on food if they couldn't eat them yeah yeah, yeah. so i looked into it a little bit and chiquita actually goes fucking balls to the wall for stickers i also uh rachel this is a quick shout out to you i'm gonna i'm gonna deep dive the chiquita banana company at some point because they are 
sketchy. Really? Apparently. Interesting. Mm. So they have a lot of stickers. And it seems as like if you go on your on their website, you can kind of look through all of the years that they have different forms of stickers. So they have stickers that kind of like, you, you know, there's ones that they put out where it's like, uh, telling you what the ingredients is in a banana and it's like kind of like oh this is high in potassium high in this whatever can, can you say that again like a banana a banana <laughs> a banana what is it that movie with the guys in the yellow eyes no they're yellow Pajam- they- b- bananas and pajamas no the minions oh fuck yeah no we're not getting into that today banana. no we're we're done Anyway, thanks for listening, folks. Oh, (laughs) shut your mouth. Anyways, they have a fuck ton of stickers, and it's interesting. And uh, they are non-toxic. Just don't eat them. Like, it's kind of recommended. It was like... It's like eating paper. Don't do that. Yeah. It's not going to kill you, but, like, don't do that. Just don't do it. Like, it's It's not... It's not a cute look. Remember that 90s commercial... Don't you put it in your mouth. Don't you put it in your mouth. I actually don't. Don't you stuff it in your face. Don't no. you stuff it in your face. It might look good to eat. It might look good to eat. But it might not look, or it might not be good to taste, or something like that. And it's just wow, like, if you don't know what it is, and then just like, don't you put it in your mouth. Ma- it's absolutely terrifying if you actually watch it for the first time as, as an adult. They're blue, like Oscar the Grouch. Not, yeah, maybe Oscar the Grouch looking monsters. I hate everything that's going on right now. It's old 90s television. Um, the last thing I'm going to really kind of get into, though, is um, the fact that um, I collected stickers mm-hmm. as a kid. And I loved, 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 loved stickers. Still love stickers. Was it say your laptop has tons of stickers? My book has stickers? Yeah. But I'm also an anxious sticker person. Ooh. So like I love stickers to the point where I want to keep them. I want I love looking at them visually. Like I there's something about the colors, the mm. the way that like they're shaped. Like I just love a really aesthetically pleasing sticker. And I get to the point where I'm like oh I love this so much but I don't want to put it on something because what if I don't use this thing anymore or what if I want to put it somewhere else or what if right here's not the perfect place for it and it's so totally in my head and I'm pretty Ooh, sure it's yeah. something about like I, like, I think I'm not the only one that experiences things like this, like object permanence like that. I just kind of slap them on where I think it looks good. Yeah, and I, and that's fine. Like, but like, I think I have... <laughs> that's fine, Richard, but you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just very... Like, I know that I'm going to use my laptop, so that's why I put all my stickers there. And oh, yeah. I just kind of had to strip the, the perfectionism part away mm. for like specific things like this this will be the house of my sticker collection or you know what i mean and i read or i saw a, um an in what is it was it a i think it was originally a tiktok but it was like through instagram okay a um, real a, a real but it, it was like taken from tiktok i think they of, all are oh <laughs> well anyways it was a, it was a it was a person with adhd and they're basically talking about um how if you're an anxious sticker person, you can buy this magnet um, adhesive backing, put your sticker on the magnet, and then cut it out, and then use it as a magnet. And then it's like you kind of can use it... Were we talking about this like a long while ago? I don't know, maybe. Someone has told me this exact thing before. I was like, oh yeah, that is smart. Yeah, it's super smart for people that are like me who are like oh my god i don't want to put this on anything because i feel like i need to don't put, it put magnets perfect. on your laptop kids yeah don't do that 
But <laughs> you can put them on it's your a good segue to like, if you are an anxious sticker person and you want to buy a sticker from us, you can still do it <laughs> if you want. Maybe we should make magnets next. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's easy. We can just get the stickers, like the magnet. We can make our own magnets. Yeah. I like it. If you're into it, if send us a DM. Yeah. Um, also, if you want to get your hands on any stickers, we have two different types. One of them has our Mod Pod logo on it, and the other one has uh, a wonderful little happy sun guy, and it says moderately mediocre Monday on the bottom. They both look fantastic. So, like, uh, shoot us a DM. We we have plenty of each, so yeah. we can probably ship things. Oh my god, yeah, it's easy to ship. Yeah, as you said, we can just put it in some letters and yeah. Yeet. We'll send you some letters. Send you some good old-fashioned snail mail. Yeah. And tell you how much we love you. Thank you. Bye. But, yeah. (laughs) Realistically, if you want one, just let us know. Um, I I think we should... I don't know. I can just put it up somewhere. I was going to say, we'll post pictures of them because they're really, really nice. Uh, They're going to be on the Discord. Everyone can see that. Yeah. Uh, If you're on the Discord. Yeah. If you're not on the Discord, just let us know and we'll get you there. Yeah. Like I said, uh, this is a community and we want to build it. So please, if you can't, you know, do anything else, just share this podcast with your friends, your family, whoever you think is actually going to enjoy it. And... um, Means the world to us. It does. And in the winter, it's hard. We're all... We're all we're all with you. <laughs> so if you need support in any way, shape, or form, we are here. Theoretically. Theoretically. Well, no, I'm I'm. I just want friends, guys. Listen. Okay, fair enough. We just want to be friends. Okay. This is how I'm forcing myself on our friends. Don't do that. Just please, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not all weird. Just sometimes. Me, I am all weird all the time. Anyways. That's how I get by. But. But Should we wrap it up here? Yeah, that's all I have to say. Me too. Um, remember to do your research, especially when you're online. Sometimes things are fake. And sometimes it's just fine. Oh, we've got a Dr. Seuss on our hands. A little rhyme. Uh, yeah, you can follow us on... Oh my heavenly Jesus. I don't even know why I try. You do it. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram on Moderately Mediocre Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, feel free to email moderatepod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, if you want to get on our Discord, the link is in our link tree on our Instagram bio. And if you want to get your hands on any stickers, any merch, anything like that, um, well, one, you could just shoot us a DM or send us an email. That's kind of where we are right now. Um, We love you so freaking much. Look at yourselves in the mirror and say, I'm going to have a fucking good day, okay? I'm going to have a great day. And I will too. You too, Richard. Thank you. You too. All right. (laughs) This has been the Moderately Mediocre Podcast. Um, I am TJ. And I am Richard. We'll be back at you next Monday. Okay. Have a great week. Bye. Goodbye.